The reading this morning is taken from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 28. He was praying in a certain place, and after he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, as we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not give, get up and give him anything because he's his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if a child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now he was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the one who had been mute spoke, and the crowds were amazed. But some of them said, He casts out demons by Beelzebul, the ruler of the demons. Others to test him kept demanding from him a sign from heaven. But he knew what they were thinking, and he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself becomes a desert, and house falls on house. <clears throat> if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out the demons by Beelzebul. Now if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your exorcists cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come to you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his castle, his property is safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overpowers him, he takes away his armor in which he is trusted and divides his plunder. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When the unclean spirit has gone out of the person, it wanders through the waterless regions looking for a resting place. But not finding any, it says, I will return to my house from which I came. When it comes, it finds it swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits 
even more evil than itself, and they enter and live there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. When he was saying this, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that nursed you. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, be to, to Judy. Uh, you know, it says, uh, do not give up the public reading of Scripture. And uh, one of the things that they used to do in the church is read the Bible a lot more because they didn't have the Bible at home. And so we probably read the Bible less than they used to read the Bible in church. And I hope you're reading it a lot more at home. Uh, I, I think many times in life, our priority on that gets displaced. And so my hope may be unfounded. And so what I love for us to do in church sometimes is read big sections of Scripture so that we can sit under the Word of God and have uh, Jesus uh, influence, influence us uh, in, in our hearts and our minds in the way that we live out life uh, beyond these walls. Uh, we've been talking in church uh, the last couple of weeks about how do we choose what is best? How do we make the choice to, to make in, in every moment the, the, the best choice, uh, the, the God choice? How do we discern that? How do we live that? How do we know what is best? I don't know if you can see this picture. Uh, imagine that you're the person that lives in the house and you walk into this room. Uh, it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear what is best to you. You, you. you need to make throw everything out. Just throw everything out. That's, that's the best solution. What about if you're the person that lives in that room? Someone else walks in and they're, they're, they're judging your, your messy bed and your messy... What's, what's the top of the priority list for you if you live in the room? Uh, maybe they don't like the house. Maybe there's other priorities that... Uh, as an outsider, you're unable to see. See, the, the thing is, I, I think all of us are quietly confident that we know what is best, aren't we? We're, we're all quietly confident. We have this picture of what is best. Uh, in a world that's messy, uh, we have a picture of what is best. But is it God's picture of what is best. And so when I'm challenging you to choose what's best, I'm not wanting you to choose what is best based on your, your demographic, your upbringing, what your parents thought was best. Uh, I'm wanting us to be a people that begin to look with God's eyes and see what is important. What's best to God? How do you discern that? Uh, one of the ways we, we discern the, the what's best of God is this contrast of light and dark. And you say, yeah, Randall, it's obvious. Like, look at all the dark and the, the messy bits. And the best thing in there is the, the light shining. And we need to make the most of, of that. But the, the contrast of light and dark is not what we necessarily see with human eyes. It's what we're invited to see with the eyes of our hearts as they're opened by the Spirit of God. That is what appears light to us because of the culture we've grown up in 
may not be light to God. I introduced 2024 as a, as a year for us to live differently. Uh, what that means for us is, is examining the way that we have lived, the way that we have just always done things by default because they've handed, uh, someone else has handed that way of living down to us. Examine that and then begin to live out God's ways in the midst of it. I can guarantee you that everything that I teach my kids uh, just by them being around me is not necessarily helpful to them. Uh, this uh, week we were uh, walking around the zoo and that, that was nice. And, and Ellie announced to me, oh, um, Dad, you've taught me how to say shut up. Uh, hmm. I, I've learnt it now. And, well, that's, that's the censored version. I can't give you the uncensored version on Sunday. <laughs> and so I had to say to her, look, that was wrong. That's actually not the way that we should talk to people. And I had to try and do some work of unteaching. And do you know what? Unteaching is much harder than teaching right the first time. And all of us need to be untaught things that we've learnt in this world. Uh, and we're, we're taught by the, the Spirit of God to discern what is light uh, and what is dark. Uh, we're, we're also taught by experience of success and failure. Uh, when life works well, we interpret that as this is the way to live. Uh, when life doesn't work well, uh, then we interpret that as that's not the way to live. But, but in a world that's cloudy, uh, how, how do we know what's best? You, you see something that appears light in the world is dark in the kingdom. Some things that appear as light to us can appear dark to the world. And so when we're choosing what is best, the, there's four sources will guide our choices. When we, we looked at living a supernatural life from Ephesians, we saw that we're, we're influenced by Satan. Uh, that is, he and his spirits, that, that little whisper in, in your ear, that temptation, uh, the, the world we live in. People that live around us, uh, what our culture says is right. Uh, and the flesh, uh, what we desire in our heart, we're, we're influenced by all those things, but we're also influenced by God. Uh, which of these sources uh, will define what we choose to be best? You see, Satan chooses what is best according to his view of the world. Uh, our world chooses what's best based on what they think. Uh, our, our flesh chooses what's best based on a momentary hunger or desire. Uh, God chooses what is best with overarching purpose uh, and eternal decree. So uh, which of those voices, which all say their best is true, will influence uh, the, the choice of best for us? Uh, you, you know, when the, the disciples... Spent time with Jesus, they, they sat at his feet a lot. Uh, who's um, chosen to spend a little bit more time at Jesus' feet this week? Uh, we, we sometimes know what is best, but we don't always choose what is best. I'm not asking for individual accountability. I'm just asking you to be accountable to yourself and go, actually, at some level, I know sitting at Jesus' feet is best. At 
Maybe I haven't succeeded at that in the last week. Uh, what can I put in place to make that more successful in the week to come? Because uh, we're distracted by many things and many sources, uh, and we're seeking to be a people who choose the God choice in the middle of many influences in life. Uh, if you're opening your Bible, we're in uh, Luke's Gospel. Uh, we're looking at chapter 11. You can find that on page 845 in your pew Bibles. Uh, the disciples have been out. Uh, they've gone and done what Jesus was doing. that healed people. Uh, they've gone to the sick and they've seen much success in missions. That's Luke chapter 10. Uh, here in Luke chapter 11, uh, the, the one thing uh, the one topic the disciples asked Jesus to teach on was prayer. They saw something about the way Jesus lived in relationship with his Father in heaven that enabled him to make in every moment the best choice. And so they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Uh, teach us how to pray. Uh, in the way that you pray. John's disciples, uh, they, they learnt and they followed him. Lord, teach us how to pray the way John taught so that his disciples were able to do what he did. And so Jesus gives them an instruction on, on how to pray. Uh, I think a lot of the time they, they would have looked around at the world they saw and they would have seen things that were broken uh, that needed to be fixed, people that were broken, people that needed to be healed, people that needed to be called into repentance. In many ways, they, they were influenced by just what they saw in front of us. Uh, when, when we talk about sources of influence, uh, so the four sources, God, Satan, the world, and the flesh, uh, but when we talk about what God's wanting to see on earth, we, we talk about the kingdom of heaven been established in the kingdom of earth, that there is a barrier in terms of the kingdom there, the, the spiritual world, that would not like to see the kingdom of heaven established on earth. And so Jesus, as he talks about the way he prays and is teaching the disciples to pray, he, he's saying uh, we, we actually need to pray with an influence that is different from just what we see in front of us. When you're confronted with a situation like this, what is best? What is the first thing? Uh, it's, it's really easy to clean up what is in front of your eyes and not deal with the root cause. Uh, in this passage, we heard about Jesus and uh, Beelzebul, and he talks about this image of a house being cleaned. And he, he talks about... Uh, the, the, the person drives out, uh, the exorcists cast out the demons, uh, make the, the house clean. Uh, and when a strong man is there fully armed, he guards his castle, his property is safe. But when one stronger attacks, he overpowers him and takes away his armor. And what Jesus is talking about there is... Uh, he, He's the one that is the, the stronger man. He comes and he, he cleans out. We want to see clean there. But when the unclean spirit comes and finds out that 
the strong man has not established himself as a resident of the home. He's just someone that's brought in as a hand for hire and then disappears off. Uh, then the, the, the unclean spirit, it says, verse 24, uh, wanders uh, through the waterless place, looking for a resting place, finds this, swept clean. Goes and brings a, a whole lot of more evil uh, to go in there, make their home there. Uh, when we talk about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth, we, we view the world with physical eyes. But there's spiritual realities. Uh, the, there is the illusion of a clean house. Uh, for us as Christians, what does that look like? All our relationships are going well. Work's going well. Uh, financially, we're, we're okay. Uh, we're enjoying our relationship with God at some level because we're doing the things we think we're meant to be doing. Uh, it, it probably looks like that, uh, what it means to have a clean house. But what got the house messy in the first place? The, the, the people, the, the, the people that live in it, the attitudes, the belief, the, the understanding. Uh, what happens when you just clean the surface and you, you don't, change the person eventually you you end up <laughs> uh, right back at the start uh, looking at this messy room and so uh, gives us this question which which do we desire more to be clean or to be righteous uh, to to be clean that is to feel like we we measure up and we're okay and that life's going pretty well to be righteous, living in and understanding the ways of God. Which do we desire more? Uh, it feels, where, as I present it here, like a dichotomy. You can, you can either have one or the other. But actually the truth in Jesus is that we're offered both. We come to him and he makes us clean. But not just that we will be cleaned up on the outside, that we'd feel like we're okay, that we'd be cleaned up on the inside. In life, uh, we want uh, quick fixes. Uh, we want things to work, and when they don't work quick, we, we struggle to follow through. I love this quote from, not the Bible, Usain Bolt. I trained four years to run nine seconds and people give up when they don't see results in two months. I want to say this is probably the story of many Christian lives. We try prayer uh, too hard. I uh, haven't seen the results. We, we try reading the Bible too, too hard. It's too hard to read. I haven't, I haven't seen the results. Uh, we, we try living God's way, influenced by God. Oh, it's it's too hard. I haven't seen results. And so it's easier just to live the way that we've always lived. But if we live the ways we, way we've always lived, we, we get the results we've always got. And so this is why I'm encouraging us. Let 2024 be a year where we choose to live differently. Not just live with the aim of cleaning things up, but living out our righteousness. That is the ways of God in this world. Uh, we're encouraged uh, by Jesus, uh, verse 13, uh, that he gives us a good gift to deal with the messy room. <laughs> uh, if you then who are evil 
Uh, what's it recognizing there? At our base level, we are influenced by the world, the flesh, and, and the evil one. And uh, the, the culture, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So Jesus is saying to his disciples, you like the way that I live and you, you want us, you want to learn how to pray how I pray. Well, there's a gift. There's one that who enables you to live what I'm talking about living so that your life may look like my life. Uh, the end point uh, where the Holy Spirit has finished his work is that we live and love like Jesus in this world. None of us have arrived there. I've not arrived there. Uh, you've not arrived there. And so there's work in cleaning up for the Holy Spirit to do. And our Father in heaven loves to give us the Holy Spirit so that we can live the way he calls us to live in each of our relationships, not just live with the appearance of righteousness, but live with righteousness coming from our hearts. What, what does that mean for us? The, the appearance of righteousness looks like this. I, I know that I'm not meant to say shut up in front of Ellie, but when Ellie's not there, free reign. I can say shut up however much I like, and then I'm not teaching her. That's what the appearance of righteousness looks like. Actually... Dealing with what caused the messy room is about me going to the depth of my heart and say, okay, why has such impatience risen up within me? Why am I distant? Why am I lacking understanding and compassion and love? God, I need you to work in those areas. And when we invite Jesus in that place, it takes longer than cleaning up the surface mess, but it lasts forever. Because he says to each of us, behold, I am making all things new. And that includes you. So 2024, a year to live differently. How do we choose what is best? Well, uh, if, if you live in the world, uh, you, you might identify with uh, the thought in verse 27 that a select few people is uh, receive uh, blessing, choosing what is best, is often seen as the elusive possession of a special few. Uh, when he was saying this, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts that nursed you. Blessing is, the, is given to special people. Blessing isn't for everyone. And, and Jesus responds, Well, actually, blessed are the ones who hear the word of God and obey it. As we read God's word, as we sit under uh, Jesus uh, at his feet uh, to learn, to listen, to pray, how? that's when we learn to choose what is best. That's when we get changed so that we want to choose what's best. So as we're kicking off this year, let me... I really encourage you, choose to sit at Jesus' feet. Choose to talk to him about what is significant and messy and the choices before you in prayer. Choose to listen to him about the things that he wants to clean up and change and transform and how he wants to bring light into darkness and what he sees when, it, when he looks at life. Choose to read scripture. 
choose to commit, not just for a month, not for two months, but the whole year to live differently, to sit in his word. Uh, the first six months of the year, we're going to read Matthew's gospel together. Uh, we're not going to read all of it, uh, but we're going to cover a section of it. Let us start in God's word. Uh, let me encourage you, just read some of Matthew's gospel and don't read all of it. Uh, read it until you, you hit a thought that's worth uh, thinking about or something that you don't understand. Pause pray, talk to Jesus about it as you sit at his feet and read his word. I'll, I'll be talking next week about some things that we can do that will be helping you uh, to grow in the way that you uh, sit at Jesus' feet, uh, in the way that you read his word. Uh, but let me encourage you, put in place what is necessary, that 2024 will be a year of you looking back and going, I've chosen God's best for me. Now let me pray. Uh, God, we thank you for your, your gracious kindness to us in Jesus. We, we thank you for the ways in which you continually lead us to know and uh, love you. Uh, we thank you that you haven't left us alone. We thank you for the gift of your spirit. Uh, for, we thank you for the way uh, that your spirit guides us to uh, understand, uh, to know, uh, Lord, thank you uh, for the, the ways in which you continue to teach us. Uh, thank you, Lord, that when you look at our lives, you're not just content with a clean house uh, or the appearance of righteousness, but you want hearts changed. Uh, Lord, where we've uh, avoided heart work or never even understood what it is, we, we thank you uh, for the gift of your Spirit. And so I'd like to lead you in a, a short prayer. If you'd like to pray and follow, you can pray quietly before God yourself. Uh, forgive me, God, for settling for what is not best. Forgive me uh, for poor choices and make me clean. Lord, fill me with your spirit that I may choose what is best and bring you glory through all I do. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.